Hello, and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about engaging a community. Hmm. Yes. So we both had, we had two different experiences this week or in the last week or two that kind of cross-pollinated into this idea. And being involved with a digital community is, I feel like it's a really, I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but it's a big deal. And I talk with folks all the time who are trying to either network or have conversations with people in their target market or trying to find other people like them that are struggling with the same things or these sort of support groups, I guess you could call it. And I noticed that uh, there's a big difference from experience to experience. So um, I'll just tell the story that that, uh, happened to me this week that I found really fascinating. I was working with a student. I've been working with a student who is hyper, hyper, hyper niche down into a particular um, horizontal specialization. He is like a, a worldwide expert at a particular software package. If I said it, you'd be able to Google him. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to out him or anything. I'm, he probably wouldn't mind. But um, he's just he's very well known in this space that you've probably never heard of, dear listener. <laughs> and we I'm wanted, sure I haven't. Yeah. I never heard of it before, and it's it's software. So uh, when we went into, when we first started working, one of the things that is good to do is to research your market. And a good way to do that is to sort of go around online and, and find watering holes where people who are in your target market or your colleagues or whoever, you know, the birds of a feather, where they're hanging out, what they're talking about. And when you go there, you can read what they're struggling with or what their hopes and dreams and fears are. And you can kind of look for a place where, uh, or look for things that you can, that overlap with your skill set that you could perhaps help them. So a lot of times I'll say, you know, go find a watering hole for these people and answer bomb them. So find questions and drop an answer bomb, like a 1500 word, amazing answer to this question and keep doing that, do that every day and then collect all of those. They'll make blog posts and you'll start to make a name for yourself and so on and so forth. And it works great when you can find a watering hole. But in this case, it was so niche that he couldn't find one. And we wrestled with it for a couple of weeks. And then finally, I was just like, well, maybe you should start one. And he he did that. And, you know, fast forward, I don't know how long it's been, six months, maybe a year. And it's really starting to get traction. Like, like it's um, sort of operating under its own steam. It's starting to attract people to him as the leader of this community. Mm-hmm. And he's so well positioned that all of these players in the space are just going to know him for this expertise that he has. So he's, he's going to be, he is already, but he's going to be even more well-known as the go-to guy for this particular thing in the entire air quotes world of these, this group's world. So it's Mm -hmm. a very small pond, but it's extremely expensive software. And he, like everybody who he would want to know who he is and what he could possibly do for them, what his value proposition is, they're all going to know him. It's going to be a question of like, people like, hey, do you know somebody like this? And everybody's going to say, yep, that guy. <laughs> so there were a couple of steps that he went through that I think are will be interesting for anybody who's thinking about starting a community. I'll blast through them really quickly. Um, the first was he started really small. He handpicked about 10 people that he knew as colleagues from the space uh, that he already had a relationship with from you know co- going to conferences and that sort of thing. And carefully picked that first small group of people and it was invite only didn't let anybody else invite people there was no 
it wasn't paid or anything. He just invited these sort of like initial members. And it was pretty quiet at first, you know, it was maybe 10 people. So he had to, we, we would, you know, come up with ideas to keep them engaged. So they didn't just ghost, you know, you didn't want this ghost town effect. And it got to the point where they were sort of, you know, he got into a routine on a particular date, ask an open-ended question, and people would chime in like, oh, this is what we're working on this week or whatever. And then they started to connect with each other, and then conversations started to flow a little bit more naturally, but it wasn't really busy. At a certain point, oh, I should also point out that he, he had a document that people would read when they came into the room about the code of conduct and the expectations for the room, what it's for, what kind of conversations... Um, were good to talk about and what things were maybe better to talk about somewhere else. Uh, so there was a defined, mm, you know, sort of the Magna Carta of this, of this <laughs> Slack room and yeah, say, okay, here's, smart. yeah, here's what this, that's, I think that's critical. Cause if you don't do it, people will ask for it. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll DM you and say, is it okay if I share a link to this thing? You know, they, mm-hmm. so everybody's, and for every person that asks a question like that, probably the rest of them are wondering. So you might as well just lay out, here's what's out of bounds, here's what's in bounds, um, you know, uh, what's it called, Chatham House rules, no sharing stuff outside of the room, stuff like that. Right. So he, d- he had that uh, code of conduct, he had this hand-picked group, the initial cohort, and then after a little while, he said, once it felt s- stable and cool, but also wasn't really growing, he wasn't inviting any more people, he said to everybody, hey, if you know a friend or two that you that's cool, aka would fit in with us, go ahead and invite them. And so he got a few more people and a few more people and that built up. And then he started a podcast and the podcast has the same name as the Slack room and it's the same group of people. It's exactly aligned. And mm-hmm. he started inviting luminaries from the space to come on the show. And he's only done a few episodes so far, but on the podcast website, they you can, you can apply to join this Slack room. So Basically, if you're interested in this podcast, you're probably a bird of a feather. Yeah. You probably will yeah. fit in. Mm-hmm. So these guests who are well-known people, but not competitive with my guy, they're they're you know they're in-house at Fortune 500 companies. They were sharing. They'll share the oh, here's, I got interviewed on this show, and here's the here's the interview. So then you know, 40 people inside of this company would listen to it, and then some of them who really care about it would go, oh, I can go join that room. So now like it's sort of taking on its own steam. It's like getting rolling, and he's got 20 or 30 people who can lead through example. Like their behavior is kind of modeled. So when new people come in, of course they read the code of conduct, but still they see the threads. They see the kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it doesn't take a lot. It really doesn't, uh, you know, my student doesn't have to do a lot of work to keep the conversation going or keep people in bounds on, you know, like, could we not talk about religion in here? It's really not about that <laughs> or, or whatever the case may be. And so now the, the community, it's still early days, but it feels like at this point, the community is like, ah, it has this lift feeling. He said to me t- yesterday, he was like, yeah, I can feel it. You can feel it taking on a life of its own. It's attracting yes. people who are like, oh, can I join? Can I join? Can I join? And I don't, I think this whole saga that I'm dragging you through took about six months, but I'm famously bad at estimating time. So maybe it was nine months, but it's really not tons of work. It's just a little bit of gardening type of work where you just go out, you know, weed the garden, water it a little bit, just come back every day. And It's very organic from the way you described it. Yes, very organic, but carefully there's like stages it carefully mm-hmm. it wasn't just like yep. hey does anybody want to join oh free you know it's anybody can join for the next six weeks and just like you get a bunch of people who are maybe not a good fit not who you're looking for 
and I don't know if I mentioned it, but this is free. This is a free room. This podcast is obviously free, but from a marketing standpoint, the positioning, the, the positioning effects are going to be unbelievable. Well, yeah, because you take something like that and you think about how that applies to your business model later on, right? And maybe mm-hmm. the best way is it will always be free because he's going to get leads from there. And let's imagine that because he's this super expert, his, um, his fees are really high, right? And this is, yeah. becomes a feeder system for projects. Um, but it, I mean, it could take a different direction. It might decide that this should be a moneymaker on its own. So it, it gives him options an opportunity. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a very high price consultant type. So, you know, six figure deals are not, they're pretty much the norm. So, you know, if, if he gets two projects out of this a year. (laughs) Yeah. That's his, that's his warming plate, right? It's how you keep those people, you know, in motion, um, or, you know, warming up to when they're ready to work with you or you're ready to work with them because he may just be booked up for a year in advance. Mm Mm-hmm. It also gives you, and this is true in in many cases, true with me, it's true with him. It gives you, it it allows you to very, very easily keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in all all areas of the market. So, you know, a news item will come out and then he can DM like up mover and shaker who would know more about it than him, like back channel and say, hey, what's going on with this? Mm -hmm. And as a consultant, that's solid gold. Yeah. You know, you basically have ESP about the market. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. okay. So that's, that was, that was the story that happened to me this week that, that triggered the sort of idea to talk about engaging a community, but that's from the creator side. And there's a million things we could talk about in terms of like, you know, how much to charge, whether or not to charge, you know, monthly, annual mm-hmm. lifetime. There's a million things you could do there because you could turn it into a moneymaker on its own. Totally. And you can stack different options and price those in different ways. Yeah, like a freemium or all, you know, the VIP. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a million things. So that maybe that, that could be an entire show. But so that is the sort of creator side. And I think the big takeaway that I, I would want the dear listener to keep in mind is if you're looking for a community and can't find it, maybe you're the one that needs mm-hmm. to start it. Yeah. And, and if you follow this approach and I, I don't think I would change, I can't think of a reason why I would change the approach that my student took here with a different group. I've done a similar thing, trying to get, you know, my first Slack rooms off the ground. You have this sort of handpicked small group. Once it's stable, you let them invite people who are air quotes, cool, whatever that means, you know, for your group. And then you can start to open it up because then all of the appropriate behaviors being modeled by the existing members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there are all sorts of benefits to it. But, Rochelle, your yeah. side of the story was as the <laughs> member, and I'm actually a member of quite a few rooms, some paid, some free, and it's it's interesting how how it works. So what can you tell? I don't know how much you want to tell about your experience as a yeah. member. Yeah, so, you know, part of what I do in my spare time is I, I have a real estate business. And so I'm, you know, looking for property and, but I'm still, you know, a relative newbie at that kind of stuff. And so I've I've realized after I did my first deal and working on the second and have a third in in the periphery that I needed some community. And um, selfishly, I was thinking, you know, there's, I'm sure there's people I can learn from. And so there's a a big real estate community that I looked at and I kind of, was turned off by it because it was very sort of this bro culture. You know, it was all these young, 
hard charging guys. And I just, you know, I didn't feel like they were my people necessarily when it came to real estate. But I thought, you know what, they're the big kahuna. I'm just going to check it out. So um, I start, I joined and joining was free. Um, but when I say join, I meant I put some effort behind it. So I created a profile. I stuck my picture on there. I explained my story, explained what I was looking for. Um, and then I thought, you know, it, it, it has it's almost like a LinkedIn thing where it shows you how many connections you have. And of course, I had zero. And I thought, you know, I need to find some connections so I don't want to look like a loser on the <laughs> site, right? And I didn't want to look like a taker either because that right. isn't my intent. You know, I wanted to give where I could give. And um, so anyway, so I started reading. They, they call it forums. So they have all these different questions somebody will post a question and all sorts of people will comment and so as i was reading those questions i found people who i thought oh yeah i think we're in sync and so i found people who were lenders i found people who were flippers i found people who rent long term i found people who invested money so it was really it was just really interesting it was like going down a rabbit hole of real estate um but but what really struck me was how there were all these little facets. This is a big community. I don't know how many members, but I'm pretty sure there's over 100,000 on there. And because remember, you can join for free. So there's a lot of people, you know, no picture, a one line profile, you know, and that's it. So there's a lot of those people as well as the people who are really highly visible. Mm-hmm. And um, what struck me was that I could find other people who were grappling with the same issues as I was. And so I thought, well, while I'm looking through these these um, forums, maybe maybe there's some questions I could answer. And so I put a couple of keywords in of things that you know I thought I knew something about. And so before I knew it, I was advising some guy about the color of kitchen cabinets <laughs> on his reno, right? <laughs> And um, another one was talking about whether to allow pets. And I had a very specific experience and a recommendation with that. And then I found a thread about women real estate investors. And I found some really interesting women there that I reached out to. So as this, from the standpoint of a member, and I don't usually think of myself as a member. It's really kind of funny. I either start something or like in Twitter, I don't think of it as a membership. I just think of it as relationships mm-hmm. with people. And then I attended a webinar and at the end of the webinar, they were pitching you know, premium membership and they had like, I think four levels. And I had no idea what was in that until they explained it. And they did it in a non-salesy way. It was fine. And they gave a lot of information. I thought, you know what, I'm going to try that. (laughs) So I plunked down my money and I got access to, in this case, a calculator that I really appreciated. Some other stuff that I don't know if I'll value or not, but it's interesting to have access to. And, you know, when you you do that, they put a little um, thing across your, your picture so people know that, you're a pro member. Yes, you're special. And I had to laugh. I mean, it cracks me up. And they they do some gamification. So like, if you do something three times, they'll put like a little badge Mm. on you. And like, I don't really care about that. But I imagine some people do. But I guess my point is that for me, if I was going to be in a community of some sort, I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be visible in my own way. And Part of that community is always finding your people. Yes, I wrote that down as you were talking, find your people. Yeah, yeah. And I I felt like, I almost felt like somebody watching me might be laughing at me going, oh, Rochelle, 
you're reaching out to these people you don't even know. And some of them had less experience than me. Some of them had a lot more, but I wanted, I wanted that balance, you know? And, um, and then I had somebody reach out to me because of the market that I'm in, because of course, real estate is really a local business when you think about it Mm. and asked me for some feedback about the market and, you know, what I saw. And I gave them and I have an opinion. My opinion might be wrong, but I have an opinion and I shared it. And so it, it was just a really interesting experience. And then the other part of it was absolutely fascinating to me because I clar- uh, categorize myself as a newbie when we talk about this, even though you know I've owned re- real estate and I've renovated things over the years that I own. It's not quite the same as thinking about it as a business, right. as an investment. So, uh, so I was reading these newbie forums and there, there's like a category of person that goes in as a newbie and it's, this is just my perception. It's like, they don't do any research. They just go in and ask a big question yeah. and I don't answer though. I'm not interested in that. It's like, that's basic education. Anybody can go out and find, mm. but what was interesting is there were some people, some of them were very seasoned investors, but most of them were bankers or real realtors, which, you know, makes sense, but they would actually explain in a very strategic way and then get tactical to someone. Mm-hmm. It, they would frame the questions kind of like what you said, write a 1500 word um, response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can vote it's sort of like a like, it's the equivalent of a Facebook like, I guess, but you can vote on those answers. So for somebody who gives this really amazing answer, they might rack up a ton of votes for right. it. Now, I don't really, I don't need a lot of votes for that. It doesn't really matter. Um, this For me, this is just learning. But for someone who is um, uh, lending hard money to flippers, um, that, that will make that person be much more seen by other people in that marketplace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not surprisingly, the other thing I saw was that it was the generosity. And it, the generosity had nothing to do with whether somebody was in the beginning, the middle, or the very experienced end of the spectrum. I could see that as well. People would say, well, you know, uh, you know, DM me and let's talk about that. I'd be happy to talk to you about Buffalo or Baltimore or Austin, you know, whatever those markets were. So, yeah, it was a really cool thing being a newbie, actually. I didn't go in with any expectations. I just thought, I'm just going to try this out and see what happens. Mm. So a couple things I was taking notes as you were talking there that you already called out. One is, so this this is advice for people who are joining a community. One is find your people because you know not everybody likes everybody, but you probably find people in, you know, if it's a community that you're, on the surface interested in there's probably someone who's like a personality fit in there for you even if it's just one and yes find them connect with them take the first step be the one that extends the hand for the handshake it's it might not be natural for you to do it but probably everyone is waiting for you to do it everyone's waiting for someone to do it and they'll accept for yeah, the, the most part right. i mean you just explain hi <laughs> this is why i'm here this is what i'm interested in about you mm-hmm you know, you comment on something, sort of like seeing them in person and say, wow, those are really great eyeglasses. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of the same thing, except you're commenting about their participation in the group. Yep. And so the other thing I wrote down uh, is important, really important in that regard to help other, to, to help your people find you. Uh, and so to make it easy for other, yeah, to help other people find you, 
you really want to fill out your profile. Like it's, it's really important. So yes. like, never mind from like a business standpoint to be like hyper-focused. And I'm, I'm sure these like, these like hard money flipper people that I don't even know what you're talking about, but those people <laughs> who are helping the newbies, even though you're kind of like, wow, I can't believe this person is spending their time to help with this person who didn't even like ask a smart question. It clearly is just being lazy. Um, those people are probably hyper focused in their positioning and their value proposition. And it's yep. very clear what, what they offer. But so in, in a profile, it's, I, I, it's like your opportunity to kind of be not self-absorbed, but really just talk about your weirdness, like bring your weird all the way out. And I've, I see this all the time because I, when I do a seminar or like the five day podcast challenge, you, you get this influx of people, they're only going to be there for a short time and then it's going to be over. And it's important that, that the people connect for me and for their success. It's important that they connect because that's the thing that will keep them entertained and engaged and coming back every day, more so than the content. If they, if they just needed the content, they could just download it at the end and not even mm -hmm. participate, but that's probably not going to keep them working through it. The thing that keeps them working through it is the cohort, the other people that they're connected with. And when, when I start a new one, I give everybody a prompt, like, you know, go to the introduce yourself channel and answer these six questions. You can say whatever you want, but you know, these are the six questions to help you kind of, uh, unblock or, you know, to, to get, because a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about themselves. They just want to be like unobtrusive or they don't want to seem like arrogant or cocky or whatever. Right. They're but modest. Just, they're, yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, I'm like, just do it. Tell us what podcast you're listening to. Tell us, um, why you're here. Tell us where you live. Tell us, you know, not your address, but you know, I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know your background, where have you lived? Um, your interests, yep. hobbies, married, you know, f kids, whatever. And it's amazing. Cause just like you said about the glass, like, oh, those are cool frames. You'll see that happening in, in like a Slack room where somebody's got a cool avatar picture, or they mention that, um, you know, there are a lot of music, like a lot of people, uh, we'll be like, oh, you're a musician too. And they'll, what do you play? And, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not related to the content, but it helps the people bond and feel closer to each other. And that bonding is, is if you're, whether you're a member or you're running the room, it's, it's a huge part of the value, uh, because you're, you're extending, I don't know, it's, I, I don't know also, if I can... it's, it's positioning, you're positioning yourself to participate in a community. And, you know, I, when I filled out my profile, I, it really took me a while because I'm like, who am I in a real estate community? Mm -hmm. What's important for me to share? Yes. What aspects of me should I share here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically what I said was, you know, that I, I have a business, you know, that a, a successful business that I love. So, you know, I know how to run a business. So that was that was the first thing. And then the second thing was, you know, um, that I've renovated homes that I lived in for years without really thinking about it. And then when a friend saw my renovation and said that she wanted to invest, I jumped in, mm -hmm. right? And so, and you know, I've got one deal done working on the second. So I did not want to come across as any more experienced than I am. Yep. At the same time, it's not my first rodeo in terms of creating business and investment. So I wanted to convey that because I felt like that was important to me in terms of what I bring to the table as mm -hmm. an investor. But yeah. I, you know, I didn't want any more than that. I, I'm not a real estate luminary, nor do I want to pretend to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And it, by putting that stuff, you know, obviously you chose the things that you put out there and it's almost like a tacit invitation or you could even make it explicit. I've done this in the past too, or, you know, cause I'm in a bunch of communities explicitly be like, Hey, if anybody has any questions about, you know, ditching hourly billing or how to price your service business, pr price mm -hmm. your products and services. If you're a service provider, just totally let me know. It's like, I'm an open book. I'm happy to answer any questions. I love answering questions about it. And just in, you can invite that, but the profile, not filling out your profile is a, is a bummer. It's a big mistake. Uh, yes. you're, you're really missing out on a big part of the value of being in one of these communities. Yeah, because people look at that and they search on those terms. So if, if there's a word that your community uses that really applies to you, and I, you know, especially I'm thinking with software developers, you know, people have expertise in different things, mm -hmm. um, you know, putting it on there will increase the likelihood that someone will connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So it, and so, and, but, um, <laughs> I want to sort of loop back to a point you made earlier where you, first of all, you're honest in your profile. You didn't want to fluff yourself up to be more than you actually were, but you do have a certain amount of experience and almost immediately found that there were people who had less experience than you in certain areas, even though you consider yourself to be a newbie in the big picture. Mm -hmm. So being able to share so sharing yourself in your profile and sort of like um, being yourself sharing yourself being open and generous in the profile is is going to invite that and that that feeling that you get when you're like oh i actually know something valuable to this other person yeah like, it's a good feeling <laughs> it is know? so even if you don't have um you know even if you're not a worldwide expert your expertise is kind of relative. It's like, if you know more than someone else, you seem oh, like an expert to them. It's totally, I mean, the guy who was asking about the cabinets, he's like, well, I don't really know what to do. And somebody said, well, I paint everything beige. And I'm like, Ugh. no, beige reads brown. Do not go brown, go white and gray. Yeah, beige reads dirty. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, 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 and you know, some other people have said, okay, you know, Benjamin Moore color, you know, 597, you know, Navajo white or wow. something like that. So it's, yeah, so I could be a little mini expert, you know, in that moment. And that's, that's the whole point is that you, in, at least the way I look at it, is you engage with where you want to share wisdom, you engage with someone who doesn't have yours. Mm -hmm. And where you want to learn something, you engage with someone who's got a whole lot more than you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, okay. So, so for folks that are listening who are like, yeah, but that sounds very time consuming. I can't afford to engage in these, you know, frivolous isn't the right word, but I can't afford to just like flit around in these communities, like you know, asking questions and answering questions and sort of connecting with people, socializing basically. And it's, I just kind of want to address that. You it's know. called business development. Yeah. Thank you. It's <laughs> like, if you, if you are really clear about your value proposition. So if you're, if you come in positioned really well, I use, I call this t-shirt marketing with my students. If you're wearing a t-shirt, you go to a party and you have a t-shirt on or a barbecue. I wouldn't go to a party with a t-shirt on. But if, you go, <laughs> if you go to a barbecue with a t-shirt on that says, you know, I help software developers make more money working less hours. And you don't have to be rude or pushy or salesy or handing out business cards or anything. You're just broadcasting this fact. And if it's really, really clear like that, people who are interested are automatically going to be attracted to you. And they're going to want to, in, you know, in the, to pull it back to a digital membership community, there's going to be norms. You probably, there's probably rules about 
you know, not sharing links to your site. A lot of a lot of communities have pretty right. stringent rules about spammy behavior. So you don't need to be spammy at all. You just put on the T-shirt, and the T-shirt equals your profile. And you know, I when I whenever I've joined a community, and I mention like, yeah, I've written a bunch of books. One of them's called Hourly Billing Is Nuts, and I play guitar, and I'm a black belt, and you know, I mention these different things. You know, I've got two kids, married, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Uh, I'm sure you won't be surprised to learn that lots of people are like, what's this hourly billing is nuts thing? And before you know it, it's like, well, you know, we're not supposed to share links in here, but if you Google for me and you'll find a whole bunch of information about that, there's a YouTube channel and podcast and all this other stuff. And it's not, and I don't force it at all. I just put on the t-shirt and if somebody's interested, they're going to, they're going to pursue their curiosity. So if you need an excuse to, to kind of justify what you would think of as socializing, uh, it will work as business development for you if your positioning is laser focused. If your positioning is yes. not laser focused, it's not going to do diddly in that regard. Well, it, and you don't want to spend time flitting around to 10 different membership communities talking about 10 different topics. It, you really have to, you have to manage your time mm -hmm. and manage how you, how you give out information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I don't, I wouldn't do it as a full-time job. It gets too distracting. It's too confusing, but I do. So that, that's a good angle. We talked about this a little bit before the show. Do you know off the top of your head, how many communities are you a member of? I guess I would include ones that you run. So, so how many, how many are you a member of either that you run or you don't run? Um, less than 10. Hmm, okay. Yeah. I, not a lot. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five maybe eight mm -hmm. and when you go to them do you find do you find that what is the trigger that causes you to go to different ones or do you find that the trigger is different for different ones um well the trigger for slack channel is when i see the the, the little light <laughs> go on okay. on my browser um and if i see the red dot i'll go even faster because that means they've mentioned me by name and i want right. to make sure i'm paying attention mm -hmm. um I, the triggers are different. Um, like the real estate one, um, my trigger is um, is you know after I've gotten my core stuff for the day, I just check in and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't. It's not the rabbit hole. I did go down the rabbit hole for a few days when I started this because I really wanted to see what it was like and get to know it. But now that I figured it out, I'll look in you know for five minutes and just see. I have a key, a keyword search, so I see did anything come up in the keyword search that is interesting. And if it did, I'd probably table it and come back to it at the end of the day mm -hmm. and do it then because it's you know it's just not urgent, mm -hmm. right? Um, but for my communities that are directly related to what I do every day, yeah, I, I check in. If if I either see activity or, you know me, I'm a scheduler. Yeah. So it's I'll go in at a particular time of day, depending on which one it is. Um, usually Monday through Friday, not usually on the weekends, but I might, it depends. You know, if I'm opening my laptop, I, I'll look at it. Sometimes I'll look at it on the phone. Um, so, and I'll, I'll check in that way. I, I really like your, uh, your students' way of... Um, having a, a schedule, it says, you know, and I don't know if he did it exactly this way, but I've done it this way and had clients who do it this way where you say, okay, on Monday, I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask this question. And on Friday, I'm going to ask this sort of more social question. And on Wednesday, I'm going to do this. And they have a, you know, they have kind of a loose 
it's a tight schedule and that they always do it, but it's loose in the sense of what they actually bring up depends on what's going on in the world and in the industry and in your practice. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thing to do to kind of pull people back in. So they see the dot in the Slack, Yeah. Uh, in the Slack app. Um, they also, they started to do something that I think is really smart, especially to help people bond people together is I think he does once a month zoom calls and they'll bring mm -hmm. in, after a while, they started bringing in like a guest speaker and they'd have, you know, so the guest speaker would talk to like 15, 20 people would show up and they'd have this Zoom call, which is a smart thing to do. Um, I'm, I'm in a, roughly the same number of groups. Um, I just looked in Slack. I've got 11 Slack groups. About half of them are ones that I run. So mm -hmm. I go to those depending on uh, the frequency with which I go to those depends on how much people are paying me to be in them. So you know, for like yeah. my private coaching Slack, I'm in there every day. Um, the group coaching Slack, I'm in there regularly, but not every single day, um, you know, and on down the line. So like TPS, if it's running, I'm in there a lot. If it's not running, I'm not in there so much. Um, Five-day podcast challenge that just goes for a week, and I'm in there a lot during the week. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then the, the cohort is on their own for the next month until the room closes. So it's very different engagement model for each of the different communities I run, uh, and then I'm in a free community that I created, the, the uh, 20, 10 and 2020 room, the writing room. And yeah. that's that's not a ghost town, but it's pretty slow in there unless, um, you know, if I'll, unless I go in on a regular basis and ask one of those, like, oh, how's everybody's work going? What are you working on this week? Are you stuck on anything? And I'll get a bunch of flurry of replies, but it doesn't, it hasn't taken on its own life. But then the other rooms that I'm a member of, some paid, some not paid, uh, some invite only, some some basically public, I find that I get pulled back into them because I know there's someone in there who either I have a question for or I have a piece of information for or someone I know has a question for. So it's the people that pull me back. Yeah. So it's not the it's not the like monthly webinar and the free video content or any of that stuff. It's like the relationships pull me back. So mm. you know, just it just happened yesterday. Somebody said, "Hey, you know, does anybody have experience getting video testimonials? You know, is there software for that? Should I pay for that? Should I just use Loom or Zoom or something homegrown? Like, what's what are the best practices?" And it's like, "Oh, great question. Like, testimonials are super important. I've never done video testimonials, but I've seen a lot of really good ones." Um, and guess what? Bing, Rolodex moment. I'm in another Slack room with someone who is like a testimonial and case study expert. That's all she does. Mm. You know, used to be a copywriter and she uh, specialized in getting testimonials on your behalf. So you don't have to have that awkward, like, <laughs> like I don't know what to say. And I figured, oh, she'll know. So I jump in there and she's like, oh, that's a great question. I haven't, I, I went in and I was like, hey, have you ever got an article somewhere about how to do video testimonials? And she's like, no, but that's a great idea. And so she popped up. I don't know if this is relevant, but she just, she gave me an answer bomb. She gave me like, you know, five point, she wrote an article basically and pasted right. it in. And then I pasted it to my friend in the, in the other Slack. And then I got her reply and like, wow, thank you so much. This is amazing. And follow up questions. And she's like, oh, cool. You know, maybe they'll end up hiring, you know, maybe the student will end up hiring the testimonial person, or maybe the testimonial person will get some, you know, whatever good shares out of the article when she posts it. But for me, the, the ones that I'm a, a member of, it's the people that draw me back in on a fairly regular basis, like more than once a week. And 
you know, I'm in Slack a lot. I'm kind of, I'm not like super busy, but I'm busy enough that I don't feel, I'm not, I don't hang around and talk politics in any of these rooms, but uh, I will talk about stuff that I care about and, and connect with people who feel like, I mean, there's no other way to put it. They're just interesting people. Yeah. And the ones that are really well positioned, you know, they're going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to say, Oh, you know, I have this, this person who's got a question to be perfect for you. Or, um, I came across an article that would be perfect for you to blog about or whatever, but it's the, Mm -hmm. if you, I think that's what pulls people back. So this is, isn't maybe an important insight or anecdote for people, whether they're a member of a community or whether they are going to create or they're managing a community is the connections are the important piece. That's what's going to keep the the place from being a ghost town. And it's where you're going to get your value out of it as a member or the creator. So it's like fostering, doing what you can in whatever role you're in to foster more connections is good for everybody. It creates this like positive network effect. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking, and I've been in this community for, I think, a week and I, I gave a referral to a realtor and I have a conversation with a lender who looked really interesting. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not looking for money at the moment, but she asked for a meeting. And I thought, yeah, I'll talk to her. She looks really interesting. We'll probably both learn something from the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's about the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really why, why you do it. And, and I noticed for myself when I was deciding who to reach out to because it sort of felt like like I'm going to a dance like asking somebody <laughs> to dance with me and um, so I picked the people that I just thought well gee they look like somebody I would be friends with mm-hmm. and they also happened to have a particular knowledge or they were in an area uh, of the country that was interesting or um, yeah, it was a bunch of different things but yeah I, I haven't looked I think most of them accepted I don't know there maybe there's some that didn't I didn't really look at it that way I looked at the people who did and you know try to get to know them a little bit mm. yeah cool I mean I've got friends from uh, I was in a slack in 2015 I probably mentioned it on the show before where you know one person invited maybe 10 other people. It was a very specific focus for the room. It was business focus, you know, people who, who have online businesses it invited this handpicked group of people who were all in different spaces and very different in many ways, but also similar in many ways. So it was an incredibly tight knit group. Like, like, uh, we actually did a, a number of us did meet one time and th- there were a couple of, you know, uh, retreats that I didn't go to, but a few, you know, a few people got together in real life, but that if that had never happened, if I had never met any of them in real life, I would still say that like, I've got at least two close friends that came out of that, came out mm. of that Slack room out of 10. Yes. That's yep. like crazy odds for me. I'm like, not a big, I don't have like tons of friends and I'm like, wow. I mean, that was, that was a game changing room for me. That totally was a game changer for me. And you, and you make, I mean, like these turn into real relationships, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you know, whatever online dating. I know a ton of people who are married <laughs> that met online. Didn't you guys meet online? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. I know a ton of people. It's real. It's real. Like these are real communities. Well, and here's the thing to remember, because this just made me think about this with meeting my husband. But one of the reasons why I tried online dating, it was quite a while ago, is that I kept thinking, what are my chances of running in? running into like in person exactly the kind of guy i'm looking for 
you know, and it wasn't about like how tall he was or, you know, but it was, you know, the kind of person I was looking for. I thought it's almost impossible. I'm working all the time. I'm flying around the country. I'm never going to meet this person. <laughs> and so doing it online was fabulous because, you know, you have this whole pool in just in your city. I didn't go outside of my city, but there was this whole pool of people. I would never, I would never have met my husband in a million years, mm. the old fashioned way. Mm. Yeah. yeah, same thing. And you get to connect with people, you know, all over the country, maybe all over the world, depending on your specialty. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about any work that I do is, you know, I don't like to I don't like it to be just U.S. It's so much more interesting when you get people from other countries, other cultures, um, oh, you know, yeah. we learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Cool. OK, so so what do we feel like the takeaway is here? I mean, I've got an idea, but how, if we're going to put a bow on this. <laughs> What do you feel like the message is? You know, it's it's interesting. I, I, there's a part of me that wants to say, um, you know, you give first and then and you give of the things that you have to give in the community and then um, good things will follow. And that sounds sort of very like la 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 la. <laughs> um, California. But, it, but yeah, I know. To California woo woo sometimes, but um, I think that that is it. Um, and then the other related piece to that is to really be who you are in that community while you're being generous. Because if if the community doesn't exist to help each other, it won't last. Right. It'll be a ghost town. It, it won't last. So the, the generosity has to be in there, but it has to be generosity that you can afford. In other words, that it's related to your wisdom, that it's it, it's the amount of time that you have to spare to what I would call business development. Um, you know, you have to you know wrap some boundaries around it. Mm -hmm. But what do you think, Jonathan? What's your takeaway? Well, I'm looking at the title, and I'm like, that's kind of the moral. You know, it's like engaging community. It's like communities are important, and but you need to engage. So like, don't you know? Go first. Don't be a wallflower. Get in there. Be generous to the extent that you can. Be helpful. And put yourself out there just a little bit. But if you take this first step, find your people and connect with the community, engage with the community, it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for them. You know what I just thought of when you said that is years and years ago, I read a book about networking called How to Work a Room or How to Work <laughs> A Room or The Room, great book, taught me a lot um, about it. But one of the things that, that she mentioned was uh, host HOST behavior. And I always took that to heart. So when, and, and it was written when virtual gatherings didn't exist, right? When it was all in person. But this idea, when you go to an event and you think, oh my God, I don't know anybody here. And what's this like? If you start to think of yourself as a host and that you're watching out for the other people in the room, all of a sudden it's not about you anymore. You've given yourself a job. And oh, so that it is made such me, a good mind shift. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Isn't it? And so when you think about it, so I would go to these events and there might be, you know, 100 people and I don't know anybody, but I'm supposed to work the room. So I would go and target the people who were standing alone because I thought they probably feel really weird and awkward. <laughs> and so I would go talk to them. And sometimes I, if I knew more people, I would introduce them to someone else. But exactly. anyway, if you apply that same idea to a virtual community makes all the difference. Oh, I love that. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully that's been helpful, dear listener. Hopefully. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye. Oops. Smash. <laughs> it's okay. We were done. <laughs> <laughs>